Okay, picture this. You're packed into a giant convention center in Dallas, Texas. There are tens of thousands of women there. They've got big hair and big shoulder pads. It's 1997. One by one, women come onto the stage, adorned in diamonds and sashes. They offer peppy testimonials. Can you see why I work so hard to be at the top so that I can hang out with these million dollar girlfriends that I have? Don't you wish you could say they are my personal girlfriend? Today is so great. I am so excited to be alive and make a difference today. Do you know what? You are wonderful. Looking in the mirror, you are wonderful. I love you. These women aren't beauty pageant contestants. They're entrepreneurs, and they sell makeup. They're waiting to see the woman at the top of their beauty empire, the founder of this whole enterprise, Mary Kay Ash, the namesake of Mary Kay Cosmetics. A choir sings as Mary Kay glides onto stage. She looks like Dolly Parton and Reba McIntyre rolled into one. She's got bright red lips, a heavily powdered face, and huge platinum blonde hair combed towards heaven. The crowd goes wild. She's an icon, a symbol of the heights women can reach. You too can be just like her, a successful entrepreneur, if you hustle hard enough. From Gimlet Media, this is Not Past It, a show about the stories we can't quite leave behind. Every episode, we take a moment from that very same week in history and tell you the story of how it shaped our world. I'm Simone Polanin. 59 years ago this week, on September 13th, 1963, Mary Kay Ash launched her beauty empire. She recruited hundreds of thousands of women around the world to sell cosmetics and her company grew into a multi-billion dollar global phenomenon. Mary Kay said her dream was to give women the reins to their own financial future. But was that promise only skin deep? We're talking hand creams and pink Cadillac dreams after the break. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. You won't find Mary Kay Cosmetics at the department store. You buy these products at home, from a friend or a friend of a friend, someone you trust. And often, you buy them at a Mary Kay party, sometimes called a beauty show. Like this one, from a Mary Kay promotional video from 1980. On screen, we see all these women sitting around a dining room table, lipsticks in hand, checking out the latest powders and creams. A Mary Kay consultant circles the table. Susan? Does that color suit you? Oh, it's wonderful. One of the women sitting around the table is Susan Anderson. I went to my first beauty show because I was down in the dumps. I just lost my job and I hated the idea of looking for another one. I was worried about my bills. The beauty show sounded fun and it was. Later, the Mary Kay consultant pulls Susan aside. Has she ever thought about selling Mary Kay? I promised her I'd think about it. With a little persuading from my new friends in Mary Kay and some deep soul-searching, 
I did it. I invested in myself and became a Mary Kay beauty consultant. Susan buys in. She gets a standard Mary Kay starter pack, a box full of beauty products, basically everything you'd need to throw your own Mary Kay party. And my first beauty show. Oh, was I nervous inside. But when it was over, I had orders for over $100. What I didn't realize at the time was that I was on the first rung of the ladder Mary Kay provided for me. Mary Kay Ash said she wanted to help women like Susan, women who needed money, but who also needed flexibility. As a Mary Kay consultant, you set your own hours, and you get a cut on everything you sell. The more you sell, the more you make. Mary Kay said that was her vision from the very start. I wanted a company with an open end where no matter you could do as much or as little as you wanted to do or were able to do from your ability standpoint. And that is how our system has evolved, women being able to earn beautiful money. Mary Kay Ash recorded this in 1974 as part of an oral history with North Texas State University. Her own life embodied the company's promise that ordinary women could accomplish extraordinary things. Mary Kay herself came from humble origins. In the late 30s, she was a single mom trying to make ends meet. I needed money and I needed, I had three small children, very small, and I needed a method by which I could earn money and yet not be gone eight or nine hours a day. What she needed was flexibility so she could take care of her kids and work. She started selling mops, brooms, and cleaning products for a direct sales company. And that whole throw-a-party, sell-products model, she used it even back then. party lasted approximately four hours, maybe five by the time you got there and got home again. She eventually climbed up the corporate ladder. But then, in 1963, something happened that changed everything for Mary Kay. One of the businesses she worked for was planning to change their commission structure, potentially cutting into her income. And that wasn't going to fly for her. I resigned in protest, and I went home and did the same thing that most other women would have done. I cried all night. And so I decided that the best thing I could do was to sit down and write down all of the good things that I could think about. So I found myself at my dining room table with a legal-sized pad at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mary Kay realized that she was basically documenting her sales experience and everything she had learned in her career thus far. She had advice on how to set sales reps up for success, thoughts on what works, what doesn't. And one day, in reading this massive amount of notes, I decided what a marvelous company this would be if somebody would do these things. Somebody could take these ideas and turn them into a company. And that somebody could be her. She'd start the business and recruit a team of women to help her build it. And the timing was pretty perfect. More women were working outside the home. The era of the 1950s housewife was ending, and the second wave feminism of the 1960s was taking off. We're all housewives, we, you know, in the beginning and in the end, although we have to be much more than that in the world now. Women were navigating a new set of choices, grappling with how much time to spend with family or at work. 
With Mary Kay, you didn't have to choose. You could launch a thriving career from home. So she had the vision, but what she needed was a product. And Mary Kay wanted something that women would need again and again and again. You have to have something so good that a woman will go to no end of trouble to find a method of getting that product again. She can't just go down to a department store and pick it up. She has to keep in touch with a consultant. A consultant who had exclusive access to exclusive products. But what? And then it hit her. She'd been using this one locally made skin cream for years. She decided she'd sell women's beauty products and she quickly locked down the rights to the formula. She also brought on a business partner. He was her real-life partner, too. Her new husband signed on to run the administrative side of the business. It was 1963, and the couple was getting ready to launch. But then, the unexpected. One month to the day before we were to start, we were sitting at the breakfast table, and he had just gone over the accounting part of this with me, and he died of a heart attack that morning, immediately, instantly, right at the table. So suddenly I was left with half a company. Mary Kay knew sales, but she wasn't familiar with the administrative side of things. Her lawyers told her that she stood no chance. She needed to liquidate the business, recoup whatever cash she could. She opted, instead, to keep going, keep trying to get her business off the ground with the help of her family. One of her sons loaned her $4,500. The other stepped into the vacant admin role. And on September 13th, 1963, Beauty by Mary Kay officially opened its doors. They were based out of a 500-square-foot shop in Dallas, decorated with homemade drapes and secondhand shelving. But most of the business took place outside these doors and in other people's homes. Mary Kay hosted the first cosmetics party herself. She called it a beauty show, and she brought on a group of friends to be her first beauty consultants. All of the people who were in the business in the beginning were instrumental in helping work out that procedure because we all came in at least once a week, sometimes oftener, and got our heads together and spent several hours talking about what we had done during the week and what had worked and what hadn't worked. Slowly but surely, the vision began to take shape. Mary Kay said the company was designed to empower women, but it also embodied very traditional values. Women were discouraged from wearing trousers. You couldn't smoke or drink at sales parties. The company's motto was God first, family second, career third. It felt like Mary Kay was pitching this opportunity to women who shared those same traditional values. Women who wanted to take charge of their future, but weren't exactly bra-burning feminists. Mary Kay herself saw the movement as misguided. She told the Dallas Morning News, I came along at a time when God knew women were going to get off track. She continued, God needed someone to come along to be a role model for women, to stay feminine as he created us. Mary Kay's brand of financial freedom and femininity found footing. In their first year, sales weren't bad. They sold $800,000 worth of product. And Mary Kay wanted to reward her sales team for their success. So in 1964, 
a year after the company's launch, Mary Kay hosted her first award ceremony in the company's warehouse. Putting on in the warehouse with our own balloons and pink paper from the rafters of the warehouse. And I cooked um, dressing for 200 people. Over the years, this little ceremony would grow to become that over-the-top annual conference we heard at the top of the show. A few years into running her business, Mary Kay decided to treat herself. I bought a Cadillac, and I decided one day that the ideal thing to do would be to paint it pink. So we painted it pink, and it just caught on like a house of fire. Everybody wanted a pink Cadillac, and somebody said, couldn't that be a prize? These pink Cadillacs would go on to become the most iconic prize Mary Kay had to offer. Soon, they were spotted across America, a beacon of the Mary Kay message. There's a rich pink world out there, and all you gotta do is sell. This is a 60 Minutes news segment from 1979. In it, the reporter shares his take on what women want. If women, when they are girls, have fantasies of dizzying lives, clinking diamonds clothed in mink, they quickly lose them to the mortgage and the children and the rest. But Mary Kay Ash, with a touch of marketing genius, proves it can all come true for anyone in middle life. By the 90s, women were selling Mary Kay cosmetics worldwide, in Guatemala, Malaysia, and as far as New Zealand. Mary Kay Ash had built an incredibly successful business, though she didn't take all the credit. I really feel that our company is where it is today and has been blessed beyond all belief by the fact that God is using our company as a vehicle to help women to become the beautiful creatures that he created. But not everyone had such a divine experience selling for Mary Kay. I went home that day and I was like, I'm done, God. I am done. I am not going to do that again to anybody. We're pulling back the pink curtain after the break. Welcome back, my sales queens, my girl bosses, my future CEOs of America. Before the break, we learned all about Mary Kay, the single mom turned global cosmetics giant. She sold women a dream that no matter their circumstance, they too could grow their own business empires. That appealed to Christy Jones. She lived in a small town in Texas, like 1,500 person small. In the mid-2000s, she decided to try something new and signed on as a Mary Kay beauty consultant. It brought me out of my shell. Just like what my friend said, it'll build your, your confidence up. And, and she said, it'll open up a whole new world for you. And she was right. Christy converted her garage into a little Mary Kay shop, invited women over for makeovers. Eventually, she ventured out and started selling around her little corner of Texas. I'd be going to all these little neighboring towns, and I would be recruiting all these little people. Christy recruited other consultants. Each time her recruits made a sale, she made a cut. If they also recruited more people, she got a cut of their sales too. 
and the more she recruited, the higher she could rise up the Mary Kay ladder. Christy worked her way up to director, which was a lot of work. They really push you to get as much sales as you can and to build your teams, you know, get people to come in as your consultants and sell product like crazy. And to sell like crazy, Christy spent her own money up front. She paid for incentives for her team. She also bought a lot of product because customers didn't like to wait. If I kept inventory, then they got it right then. There was a pressure to spend, pressure to recruit. Christy finally hit a breaking point. This lady came to me and she was, she wanted a makeover. And so protocol is that you also tell them about the business opportunities. Christy asked the woman if she was interested in selling Mary Kay. She'd need a starter kit, a few makeup pieces to show customers, a little upfront investment. And then she went and gave plasma to be able to buy a starter kit. And she came to me and she says, okay, I have the money for the starter kit. She said, so you can, you can make it to where I can make that kind of money? And I, that's whenever it was a wake-up call for me. And I set her down and I said, no, it's a huge investment to actually do it at this level. And in all honesty, you're not going to make the money like what these people are actually telling you. This pitch would end up being Christie's last. Disillusioned, she eventually gave up selling Mary Kay products and left the company. And she isn't alone. Mary Kay is what we now call a multi-level marketing company, or MLM. Businesses that recruit people to sell to their friends and family. There were tons of these MLMs by the late 70s. Cutco Knives, Tupperware. One of the biggest was Amway. They sold a bunch of stuff. Toothpaste, cleaning products, you name it. In 1975, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission filed a complaint against Amway, claiming that it looked like a pyramid scheme. That it was, quote, a scheme to pyramid distributors upon ever-increasing numbers of other distributors. That it was potentially deceitful. Its investigation concluded that Amway was not a pyramid scheme, but its decision did have an impact. University of West England economics professor Mary Wren studies MLMs. It's with the 1979 FTC versus Amway decision that we see the modern incarnation of the MLM. Because what delineates a pyramid scheme from an MLM is that an MLM sells a product. That is the key difference. A pyramid scheme focuses only on recruitment. The FTC has never found Mary Kay in violation of these rules. Others have called the company a pyramid scheme, though. A pink pyramid scheme is what Harper's Magazine called it in 2012. The piece reported that consultants were buying up a lot of product, but not making much money. It quotes a financial fraud investigator and former Mary Kay consultant who claims some of the company's highest performers were only making $25,000 a year. You can read similar complaints on the website pinktruth.com, where many former representatives share their own experience struggling to keep up with the Mary Kay model. 
We asked the company about these claims, but we didn't get a response. The company told CBS in 2012, quote, it's each person's choice on how much product she wants to purchase from the company to sell to her customers. These days, Mary Kay Ash isn't around. She died in 2001, leaving her son to run the show. But the company is alive and well. According to Forbes, Mary Kay Cosmetics earned $2.8 billion in revenue in 2021. MLMs more broadly aren't showing signs of slowing down either. The idea of some rando from your past sliding into your DMs to sell you leggings or essential oils or a wine subscription is practically a meme at this point. And the people participating in this MLM economy, they're mostly women. 60%, according to the AARP. It's hard to ignore that these transactions are mostly women selling to other women, leveraging their personal networks to sell products, but also to sell an idea, to sell a vision of a better life, a better you. Professor Mary Wren says... That's the real draw to joining these MLMs. It's a way for women to, I think, assert their independence, to express their ambition in a socially acceptable way. You know, I'm building my empire. I'm a boss babe. It's, it's a way for them to express agency. Ambition, agency. I can totally relate to wanting those things. The freedom to color outside the lines of expectations. It's part of what has attracted women, decade after decade, to the world of MLMs. A desire that Mary Kay Ash tapped into. She talked about this with a local news station in Montana. It's 1982, almost a couple decades after she started her business. We'd like to ask you to begin, Mary Kay. Is pink your favorite color? (laughs) Not really. Her delivery is pretty flat, as if she said this stuff a million times before. Until she starts talking about the unmet potential of women. At that point, she perks up. You know, I think that if there was a common denominator among women in the countries that we're in and in the United States, it's a lack of confidence in their own ability. They just don't know how good they are. And we find that most women haven't had a round of applause since they graduated from high school or college. And they're, they're anxious, they're hungry for fulfillment, for self-fulfillment. And we give it to them by praising everything they do and praise them right up the ladder of success. At the end of all this, I'm left wondering how to consider Mary Kay's legacy. All that her company did for women and the desires left unfulfilled. Was Mary Kay good for women? It's complicated. But I can certainly say it was good for one woman the one who sold the dream of pink Cadillacs and million-dollar girlfriends, a vision of something bigger and better. Not Past It is a Spotify original produced by Gimlet and ZSP Media. This episode was produced by Ramoy Phillip. Next week, Family Matters, Full House, Boy Meets World, and more prepare for a rush of nostalgia as we look back at the iconic TGIF lineup. It's TGIF time and it's hardly a bore. The new season is better than ever before. We've got giggles galore, we've got gags, and much more. We've got a lineup of shows that you just can't ignore. 
The rest of our team are associate producers Julie Carley and Nick Del Rose. Laura Newcomb is our production assistant. The supervising producer is Erica Morrison. Editing by Annie Gilbertson and Andrea B. Scott. Fact-checking by Jane Ackerman. Sound design and mixing by Emma Munger. Original music by Sax Kicks Ave, Willie Green, Jay Bless, and Bobby Lord. Our theme song is Toko Liana by Coco Co. With music supervision by Liz Fulton, technical direction by Zach Schmidt, show art by Elise Harvin and Talia Rockman. The executive producer at CSP Media is Zach Stewart-Pontier. The executive producer from Gimlet is Matt Schiltz. Special thanks to Anov Rabinovich-Fox, Cassandra Yakovatsi, Virginia Soul-Smith, Megan May, Sarah Wilson, and to Lydia Polgreen, Abby Ruzica, Dan Behar, Jen Han, Emily Wiedemann, Liz Stiles, Ella Walsh, and Joshua Bianchi. Follow Not Past It Now to listen for free, exclusively on Spotify. Click the little bell next to the follow button to get notifications for new episodes. And while you're there, hey, why don't you rate us five stars? You can follow me on Twitter, at Simone Polanin. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. Oh, God. If I have one mission in life, it's to dismantle hustle culture. I tell my students every semester, don't believe this hustle culture bullshit. 